This podcast is brought to you by You're the Best, a celebration of friendship, a collection of essays by the Satellite Sisters, available October 2015 at SatelliteSisters.com or wherever books are sold. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Sheila Dolan here with my sisters, Liz, Leon, and Julie. Monica Dolan is in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to You're the Best Encore Interviews from the Satellite Sisters. Former President Bill Clinton, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thank you. I'm glad to hear your voice. We're talking to Nora Ephron. What a thrill to have Julia Louis-Dreyfus on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, this is fun for us. I loved this book. I laughed. <laughs> I cried. Elizabeth Gilbert, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to You're the Best Encore Interviews. Encore Interviews from the Satellite Sisters. From the Satellite Sisters. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leon Dolan here with my sister Julie Dolan. And today we're here with the Satellite Sisters. You're the best encore interviews. It's a series of interviews that we're reposting that we did in the past. Guests that we really wanted to revisit and listen back to some of their interviews and share with you. If you're new to Satellite Sisters, please enjoy these. It's quite a list. Everybody from Bill Clinton to Nora Ephron to Julia Louis-Dreyfus to George Foreman. And today on the show, we're talking to novelist, screenwriter, Nick Hornby. Julie, we talked to Nick Hornby a couple of times on Satellite Sisters, and it was always a pleasure to talk to him because he's such a funny guy, such a British guy, and such a guy guy. <laughs> yes, no, he is, Lane. Actually, I was always a little intimidated talking to Nick Hornby because he, there's because he's so clever and witty. But I, I think, Lane, you go toe-to-toe with him on this. And in fact, I really feel like you use this interview to uh, to get some marriage counseling done with Nick Hornby acting as the marriage counselor, hel- helping you to figure out what your husband is really all about. You know, Nick Hornby's books, both uh, Fever Pitch and his novels like High Fidelity and About a Boy, they have been um, sort of central in my marriage. My husband is a big Nick Hornby fan. And so you're right. I listened back to this. I was like, hmm, this is some good stuff. I should have taken notes 10 years ago when we talked to Nick Hornby. <laughs> Because it's true, he really understands the male perspective on music and sports and cars, a lot of things that my husband is also very interested in. So it it is really fun to hear him discuss his love of Arsenal, and you know he uh, he also gives us his um, interpretation of what exactly a hollaback girl is. Boy, that was a throwback, Leon. I hadn't heard that term, a hollaback girl, in quite a while. And so I, he, he has his own interpretation, which, uh, which I think you should consider. And he is here on the show. Uh, this interview you're going to hear, he has a, he is, it was when his book, A Long Way Down, had just come out. But he talks about a wide range of things. So it was really fun to listen to this interview again. This is Nick Hornby on the Satellite Sisters. And our next guest is kind of a music guy and has a lot of musical references, references. in his writing and writes a music column. I'm talking, of course, about Nick Hornby. He's the author of such best-selling novels as High Fidelity, About a Boy. He wrote the memoir Fever Pitch, upon which the new um, movie is based. Although a lot of Americans don't know that because they switched it from baseball to soccer, yeah. whatever. Okay, but Nick Hornby is with us. Hey, Nick, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Hello, thank you for having me. Okay, your new book is A Long Way Down. Yep. And you, you're a long way in into this book tour, aren't you, Nick? <laughs> well, I'm as far away from home now as I can get. I'm, I'm on the West Coast, and uh, yes, I've been traveling here very, very slowly uh, since the beginning of May, pretty much, because I was in England before. You, it's Father's Day weekend here in the U.S. Here's a dumb American question. Do you have Father's Day in England? Mm-hmm. We do, and in fact, I've got two little packages in my bag ready to be opened tomorrow. Oh, so oh, it's the nice. same day and everything? 
yep, yep. Hallmark's really rigged that all up, so that's nice. It's a global event. You know, Nick, as long as we have you on the line, we've been having a national debate here today on exactly what a hollaback <laughs> girl is. Of course, I'm referring to Gwen Stefani's number one hit song, I Ain't No Hollaback Girl. What is your interpretation of the word hollaback girl? We, we've had cheerleader. We've had a girl who lets her boyfriend treat her like a doormat. We've had girl gang member. What, what do you think a hollaback girl is? I know for a fact that it's somebody who has a PhD in neurology. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I haven't seen that in any of the chat rooms. No, so well, I'm... you see, no one's a music maven like me. And I, I, I've decoded this, and that's what it means. Brilliant. That's some brilliant deduction. You know, your books, I have to say, personally, I just want to thank you because your books have helped me understand my husband. <laughs> In way, do you get that from a lot of female writers, the whole sports, music, stereo yeah, equipment? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. It always slightly alarms me that, um, that we are so much alike. But um, uh, it's good to know, really. You know, when my husband was reading your book, Fever Pitch, which is about your devotion to Arsenal, that yeah. was your first big hit, and it was a it was a memoir about how what a critical role Arsenal played in like every pivotal moment in your life. Yeah, and he was right. he was reading it next to me, but and he'd be howling, and I'd say, what, "What's so funny?" He's like, "I just can't explain it." <laughs> and then, <laughs> so I had to well, read. It's a pretty deep book. It is. It's deep. You know, yeah. it's very deep, and yet it's about you know arsenals at the same time so when i read it i really had insight into who he was what's his team uh actually he's a huge formula one race fan Oh, right yeah so and he likes the williams bmw car and i've noticed that when they he starts like 16 17 weeks before the season begins (laughs) things start to get exciting for him and i know he checks the website every day and really oh yeah and then the races are here you know they're on at 4 a.m he's up he's watching the race and then when the car breaks in the second lap he goes into a total slide like for the whole next week It never occurred to me that people could feel that way about an engine as well as a team. They do. They really do. Well, he also loves UCLA basketball. And so that's like a whole thing I didn't even realize. (laughs) (laughs) But now that you're, what, a dozen years into marriage, you're realizing (laughs) it? (laughs) I've had that before, actually, as well. Um, uh, I've been with a couple, and the guy has said, you know, I loved your book. And I said, who do you support? And he said, I'm a big whatever fan, West Ham, Manchester United, and... And the wife has kind of turned around and looked at him and said, you are? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Who knew? The first time UCLA lost in, like, the Final Four, I, I had no idea he felt that passionately about it. It was eye-opening. <laughs> Our guest is Nick Hornby. He is the author of A Long Way Down, which is a very funny but dark new novel. It's about suicide, a group of people who attempt suicide. Why did you pick that topic, Nick? Um, well, I-, I wanted to look at, some of my characters in extremists. I mean, it, to some extent, some of them are the, the people I've written about before, but uh, they're in, obviously, a lot darker place than they've been before, and I wanted to try and get these characters out of the dark and towards the light a bit. So the closest they come is right at the beginning of the book, and the rest of the book's their relationship. You know, the group the group kind of bonds after they they decide not to jump off the top they of the They meet building. on a rooftop, right? They meet that's on a rooftop. Where, that's how you bring them together? Right. Yeah. And they decide not to jump off, but they have absolutely nothing in common other than this one instant. 
and they're they're all sort of losers in their own way. Have you ever been thrown together in a situation like that, Nick? Like with a bunch of losers, but somehow you're all waiting for a train together, or you're all standing in line at the DMV and you bond? Well, I, I'd say that's pretty much the definition of sports fans, actually. <laughs> okay. A bunch of losers waiting for a train to come in. Um, I think it, it, it's probably true of a lot of my books that people are forced together um, by circumstance and they have one thing in common, but that one thing overrides all of the differences that they have. You know, one of the reasons I like your book, I said before, is because there's so many musical references sprinkled throughout. And uh, Yeah, what was that clue at the well, beginning? Well, I was just going to let Nick reveal it, because one of the characters is a young guy. He's a failed rock star, and he's trying to justify why he was going to commit suicide. And all the others in the group have really much better reasons than him. So he says he has, um, he has a fatal brain disease. And what does he call it, Nick? He calls it CCR. Which actually is? Credence Clearwater River. <laughs> right. You know, when I read that, I just laughed out loud. Do, when you write that, do you laugh out loud? <laughs> no, that would be too sad. I think. <laughs> really? You don't laugh at your own jokes? No. no. We, we do all the time. That's, <laughs> that's all we do on well, the show. Well, you've got a radio show and I haven't. <laughs> Well, one of the characters in the book is also a middle-aged woman, and she's been caring for her permanently disabled son for 20 years, and uh-huh. she just she can't take it anymore. The character is Maureen. How autobiographical is Maureen? Well, you know, I, I have a severely disabled son, not, right. not anything like her kid, um, and, you know, she's not me and he's not him. But um, I, I recognize certainly how dark it can get um, when, when you're in that situation. So I know whereof I speak you know, one of the, I think, the most heartbreaking scenes in the book is that it's revealed that Maureen, her son has been disabled for many years, really has no idea what's going on, what's happening, but we see that Maureen has created a whole existence for him. In the room, there's posters that a 20-year-old would have on the wall and books and video games. Is that something you think about with your son? Well, uh, it's very much built into the deal, you know, because um, as, as, as kids get older, they start to exercise choice for themselves. And, of course, you know, our kids aren't, aren't going to do that. So, you know, when you've got a little kid who's wearing a bunny rabbit on a on a baby grow or whatever, you, you know, that's accepted as entirely natural. And then after that, they start to choose what it is they want to wear. But we get to a stage where they can't choose, so pretty much you have to choose for them. So it was an extension of that, really. How old is your son, Danny? My, my son, Danny's 11. And uh, you have spent a lot of time working on a, a special school for him in London. Tell us a, a little bit about the school. Well, it's um, it's called the Treehouse School, and uh, a group of parents who were a bit fed up with what was on offer uh, for their kids set this school up. So there were there were five kids originally, and they were in a library in North London. And that should be some kind of proverb, I think, autistic kids in a library. It's like bull in a china shop. But um, anyway, the school's sort of gone from strength to strength since then, and um, we're up to 40 kids. We're going to be 80 soon, and it's nationally recognized, and we've got our own land. And the big project now is to, is to build a purpose-built school. What what does that meant to Danny to have a place to go with other kids? Well, he loves his school, and and you know it's one of the reasons that I've been so into it. Um, it's not like he's uh, he's ever going to get end up at Oxford or anything as a result of going to this school, but he's just happy going there. Um, he's much more socialised. He's got two 
very little brothers now, and um, it, it's uh, made a big difference to that as well because he, he he kind of enjoys hanging out with the babies in a way that I hadn't anticipated. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. How, how 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 is parenting the younger kids different for you? Well, it makes me realize that I wasn't such a bad dad as I thought because um, I think anyone who's got an autistic child will know that uh, you, you get very little back. You have to work very, very hard a little bit you do get back um whereas with the with the with the babies they're kind of in your face all the time and you can't help but respond to it so it all comes from them whereas um with danny everything has to come from you and you know if it's been a long day at work or whatever you, you don't necessarily always want to do that but with with toddlers you've got no choice you know do you think that's why so much of your work is about fatherhood do you think about it all the time um well, it's a big part of life, and, uh, and big parts of life tend to be reflected in what, what one writes, I think, yeah. The new book is called A Long Way Down, and it is, believe it or not, a comic but dark novel about suicide. And I so enjoyed the book, Nick, and I'd love to talk to you more about it, but uh, my sister Sheila has <laughs> slipped me a note, even though she has her own microphone. She's like, can you ask Nick? Because we're in fifth what grade here what by the end of the show. <laughs> Let me just give you some background. She's our entertainment reporter. She's a first grade teacher. She's divorced in Los Angeles, and she likes to think of herself as slim. She wants to know, does Nick have any friends in America who are single? Uh, yes, uh, I can find some probably in the next 48 hours. Oh, oh okay. Nick. That... So all of that was true, plus my picture is on the website. <laughs> okay. And the email address is sisters and, at satellites.com. Signing this afternoon. Uh-huh. Oh, single guys there. There you go. Thank Actually, you. Actually, that is a good idea. There will be single guys at a Nick Hornby book signing. Two Actually, o'clock. You book don't, soup. You don't, to, you don't want to date any of my single guys. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, I don't think they've been out since the last time I wrote a novel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. I love that type, though. My sisters will attest to <laughs> <Yes>. that. That's <laughs> my oh, okay. favorite included, then type. <laughs> And what is the story with Colin Firth? Is there any? Can you hook Sheila up with Colin? He's married, right? Um, yes, Colin's married to a beautiful mm. Italian woman called Livia. Who's, oh, who's shoot. The daughter of Carolina Herrera, probably. <laughs> oh, God. All the um, good ones are taken. The hilarious thing about Livia is she thinks it's... Um, uh, she thinks it's hilarious that he's regarded as a sex symbol in any way. <laughs> oh, we wish we could laugh along with you, Nick, but it's just too painful. And you know him because he starred in the movie version of Fever Pitch in the UK, right? Yeah, that's right. And I, we've kept in touch since mm-hmm. then. Yeah, he actually contributed an essay to the book that you edited on short stories. Exactly. It was a short story. Well, he wrote a short story and... Um, he was really brave, I think, because everyone else was, you know, there was Irving Welsh and Zadie Smith and Roddy Doyle and Dave Eggers, and he was the only person who'd never been published before, and uh, he, he really came up to bat for that, so that was fantastic. Well, you know, another fantastic note we just discovered in the break was that your new novel is called A Long Way Down. It's a dark comic novel about people who meet and they're about to commit suicide, and the film rights have been bought by Johnny Depp. Oof. Yes. What yes, a, that I is fantastic. Um, no, it's really great. I don't think it could be anyone cooler. Do you like the movies they've made from your books? Because I've enjoyed the movies mm-hmm. they've made from your books. High Fidelity is a great film about a boy. I just love that movie. I couldn't actually bring myself to see The Fever Pitch because because <laughs> she hates the Boston Red Sox I hate so the Red much. Sox. Oh, okay. I'm a Yankees fan. I, it was just too painful. I couldn't even actually watch the previews in the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, mate, you've had so much success as a Yankees fan, and you can't bring it in yourself to, to allow them one season. No. No, she Never. is not that big a person. No. No, She's okay. not that big a person, Nick. No. Sorry. I'm very small. Um, <laughs> I, I love the movies, yeah. I've had such a good time, and the people involved have been great, and I've made lots of friends that I wouldn't have made otherwise, and I have no Hollywood horror stories whatsoever. And it doesn't bother you that they changed the settings or anything? Because it didn't bother me, but I didn't write the book. Um, no, it, it didn't bother me. You know, when, when I started touring with High Fidelity here, for example, no one ever said to me, that's what it's like to be English. They always said, oh, my husband's like that, or my brother's like that, or I'm like that. And um, it's really just a book about a guy who lives in a city, and uh, that those people grew up in Chicago, so it became a, a movie about them, which I think is, a, is the best thing you can hope for for an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick Hornby, happy Father's Day. Do you ha- you're going to have a little ritual, even though you're away from your kids? Are you going to do anything special tomorrow? Besides- well, I've got... Um, two little bundles in the uh, mm-hmm. bottom of my bag that I've been keeping for tomorrow. God knows what's in them and what's left of it by now. It's probably some chocolate. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of state that will be in, but the thought is the thought that counts, and they're, they're ready for tomorrow. You know, it's probably actually like a cement ashtray that they made at preschool <laughs> or some macaroni art, and that doesn't travel well either. Okay, Nick Hornby, thank you so much. The new novel is a long way down. Thanks for listening. You're the best. For more, you're the best on interviews or Satellite Sisters podcast, go to SatelliteSisters.com or iTunes. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Call your Satellite Sister. Call your Satellite Sister.